Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Mushrooms are like the new health superfood, and I'm not just talking about the magic kind, I'm talking about functional mushrooms, the ones with adaptogens, which act on a cellular level to help bring your mind and body to balance. You've probably heard a lot about this in literature and other, uh, you know, health experts and stuff like that. But you can support mood, energy, gut health, and even experience better sleep with an adaptogen routine. So we know they're good for you, but it's gross to like eat mushrooms sometimes or drink mushroom tea. So and also, you don't know how much you're supposed to take, and uh, is this enough? So that's why we got Wonder Day Mushroom Gummies, the world's first mushroom multi that combines the power of 10 research-backed adaptogenic mushrooms, including lion's mane, reishi, and shaga, in craveably chef-crafted pre-dosed gummies. We dare to eat just two a day. I am holding off. I'm, a ver- I'm very excited. I have not noticed any real changes yet but i've just started the regimen so um look forward to future ads explaining to you more but they do taste really good there is a wild raspberry flavor that is fantastic and i'm looking forward to seeing if like if i sleep less how this helps with my cloudiness blah 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 etc this that the other thing so uh as soon as i get back home i'm gonna get uh i'm gonna really focus in and hone in on see how this feels and I'm I'm excited as someone who supplements with adaptogenic mushrooms. If this is the easiest way to do it, I, I I'm stoked that this we finally got an easy way to do it like that. So they're 100 vegan and made from uh, USA cultivated mushrooms from family farms of exceptional quality. So all of Plant People's products are third party lab tested for purity, DNA, active compounds, heavy. It's Perfect, man. Go to wonderday.plantpeople.co to get 15% off your first order with the code MIGHTY. That's W-O-N-D-E-R-D-A-Y dot P-L-A-N-T-P-E-O-P-L-E dot C-O. Love feeling wonderful or you get your money back, baby. Shitheads, welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, standing six foot two, two hundred and eighty-nine pounds from the south shore of Long Island, Nassau County. He- 
number one fuck All you gotta do is trust me. Jackson Maine. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Arthur, the old man, not happy with my yelling. Neither are all my apartment mates who are working from home. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, this dude, he's a guy when you're hanging out backstage at a comedy show and you think, man, we really do look like a bunch of characters. And having one dude with a cowboy hat stand there really fucking adds to the feeling. You know him, you love him. It's Billy Wayne Davis. Man, I'm such a, I don't own a cowboy hat. I swear to God, you were wearing a cowboy hat backstage at South by Southwest the first time I met you. No. Is, are you sure? You know <laughs> oh, what? I think we, the first time I met you was in Bonnaroo. Oh, Proper. yeah, that's, did you, yeah. And no cowboy hat on in Bonnaroo? Why am no, I touching remember a cowboy it was like hat? a thousand degrees. That I do remember. That I remember. No, was a thousand like, degrees. I was just remember being like, "This is a bad idea." I don't know why yeah. I keep doing this. I was like, "I think I need more water." <laughs> like, it I think was... I'm. <laughs> or did you see? Like, the most startling part was like because we had the passes, so there was like safety. Do you know what yeah. I mean? like, where you could be like, "There's a shade over there." I'm gonna go sit right. with some rich people. It's nice. <laughs> I'm gonna sit with the people who are in dress shirts at yes. Bonnaroo. <laughs> like I don't. Yeah, I'm gonna go sit with the shiny people. You know what I mean? That's who you want to be around at a festival. Like, I don't, how are they glowing? I don't understand. <laughs> Their skin is glow. Oh, that's rich people. Um, <laughs> but the most startling is when you see like ten or twenty thousand people moving in mass. Is what you would see there, and that yeah. was like. I just remember like sipping on like a coffee after I smoked a joint and being like, I don't like this. Yeah, I can't do anything like that. I'm spoiled rotten. Uh, I'm a softy. I can't do anything like that without being like performer or VIP level anymore. <laughs> like once you get a taste of like, oh yeah, we'll get you to the Eminem concert. There's a special place that we can drop you off where you can watch it safely, not with other people. Oh, and here's some <laughs> half a tab of acid. Have fun. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> I, I will ne never yeah, I do it normally never, again. <laughs> I was never like, yeah, I did like maybe two festivals like as a fan and not, and I was like, even then I was like, you guys, I don't, I don't fully get what this, the appeal is to this. Like I don't, it was like the beach also. <laughs> I have that same, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like where the beach, we, we, like, we, we differ about that because I, I, I know you grew up from a, a landlocked yeah. state. So. Exactly. That'll happen. If you grow up on an island, you learn to love the beach. But I, I don't understand have, it. I get it. I don't have any woods. Like See? that's the thing. I no hills, no mountains, no woods. Just flat and just traffic and beach. Or something like that. Like a yeah. nice little creek. Good sized creek is nice. <laughs> I think it was the size of the it was the granule part of the sand because you don't have that in the woods. I think that's Yeah, I mean sand places. is frustrating for people. It I is, get it. Very. If I'm, if I could pinpoint the only problem with the beach to me is like it's just that's it. And I like, yeah, but I do enjoy every other part of it. Like when I'm there, I'm like, eh, this is fun. But then later on, you're just like, man, this sand is still here. I don't. Yeah, it's like it's really frustrating. Now it's now I'm my legs are wet and it's like all stuck to my shins and shit. Now I gotta like brush this like chicken cutlet fucking grant like grain it, off my legs and stuff or just eat, like and i have a little toddler so there's like part of that too where you're like i don't even know you get sand there <laughs> yeah oh yeah or i'm bringing a kid to the beach too because like they can burst into flames so you have to like that's a whole nother and I, the pacific I, is a little 
it's a little uh, more aggressive as an ocean. I, I think grew you're, up Atlantic. Yeah, me too. And I do, I do think you're correct. Uh, Pacific, like, also, I think because there's like an extra few months that you can go into the Pacific out here, that you run the risk of more actual storm surges and like crazy uh, swells and stuff like that. But yeah, anytime I go to the beach and the surfers are excited, I'm always like, I probably should. <laughs> yeah, you're like, look at your kid, like, just stay in ankle deep water today. Yeah, I think <laughs> like, we're, we shouldn't. They're real. They're dumb. And yeah. they're very excited. I've been taking surfing lessons from uh, the most on the like most off the page surf instructor character. He's like, dude, actually, I can have my phone with me in the water now. It's like, I got a waterproof pocket in my wetsuit, and yes. he has like shoulder length hair. <laughs> and, and we're like, oh, we're trying to set up the next class. And he's like, I'm like, hey, can we come back next Friday? He's like, sorry, man, it's swell season. I'm in Nicaragua two weeks out of every month, and I was oh. like. Oh. God damn, that sounds fucking amazing. I, I, I think I would die in either of the surfs, but the idea that you spend half a month in a different country just surfing in a surf house is a fucking dream. I and then you come take, back and teach fat fucking New Yorkers. Can I to, take classes with you guys? Let's do it. Together? Because I think it would be really... Because I don't want to do it like... Because someone like that would get on my nerves eventually. Cause you, <laughs> but if, me, if you and I could look at each other, roll our eyes from time to time, joy said. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing it with my Australian, like rugby buddy and he, and him and I are the same where it's like, it's nice to walk away and go, Whoa, that guy, that was, that was like, you have to like, and he's such a, he's so burned out that you're constantly like, no, 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 no. This is my second class. I'm still paid for. You said you were going to bring this board. Do you have that board? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it, man. I got it. You're right. You're the guy. You're an accountant, right? No, that's not me. Just pass the fucking board, man. No, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't. Yeah. Let's just get on the fucking surfboard. Man, that reminds me. I was on a ski lift. The first time I've ever been on a ski lift. This is three or four years ago in Mammoth. My wife was like, you're athletic. You can snowboard. And... <laughs> As someone who just bruised a rib a month ago trying oh. snowboarding for the first time in 20 years, you can't just you can't. do it. No. <laughs> and there's no flat part to get off the the thing at the mountain. It was like that. Like when I realized that, I was like, oh, God. But the, I... <laughs> the guy that was next to me was the snowboard version of your surf guy. Yeah, he that, has... those mountain, mountain crumb bums. I love them. He... Uh, I went, yo, how do I get off? Like, what's the tip to good way to get off this thing? And that confused him. Like, he hadn't thought about how to get off a ski lift and probably ever. Like, that was just a natural thing to him. So yeah. to tell someone even how to do it, <laughs> right, right. he looked so confused. And I was just like, oh, no. And then I was like, and then he was like, I heard him talking to the other guy, and he was like, yeah, no, in the southern, I go to the southern hemisphere during the winter, and then I come up to the northern hemisphere, and I was like, oh, God, these guys are going to kill me. Like, they're going to, and I just <laughs> fell down, and they looked confused that someone could fall down. It was. <laughs> I bruised a rib on the bunny hill on my only run down, and I lost the board. I just had to hang out at Arapo Basin in Denver by myself after like All right, no guys, go have fun. And I just sat down in a chair for like two hours. I walked down half the mountain. It was up there three hours. My wife <laughs> my wife my wife sent her ski bunny uh little niece 
to come <laughs> find me, and she went so fast she couldn't find me. She was like, I went down four times and couldn't find you, and I was walking down the mountain because what, that's what he's, I kept falling harder, and I was like, oh, I'm getting tired. I'm going to hurt myself. Yeah. And because I'm stubborn enough, I would go and then fall and then go faster and then fall. And Yeah, hard. and you're also like, I want to get down to the bottom. So if I can get like a good fast, if I can go a thousand meters and eat shit, at least yes. I moved a thousand that meters. That was yeah. exactly the former athlete that all of us were like, I know how to do this. I know how to finish this fail. workout. Yeah, and exactly. Fail. Yes. <laughs> and it hit me. I was like, oh, I'm going to break something because I keep falling harder because I can't catch myself because I'm tired. And I'm and also... don't know exactly what you're doing. It's not like a, you know, it's a learned skill for sure. And then I just took, I was like, there'll be other people like me. And I took the thing off and I just walked down and there was no one else like me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there was one kid that in this cabin I was walking beside and he goes, been there, dude. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> All you want to hear is, Just yeah, one. that shit happened. Yeah. All you want to know is that you're not the one ass. Like, lifelong story is you just want to be the second drunkest person at the wedding it was you just exactly. don't want to be the exact asshole like if you could just be we've seen worse you're like thank you i oh, just don't want to be the worst yeah it, it lifted all my like all, every and i was like okay good he's like been there dude i was like okay good okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that feels fucking great great because uh, everyone else is like look at this piece of shit and i was like i know right i'm dumb there's a little low, uh, skiers and snowboarders have that same surfer kind of locals only energy of like, oh, you're you're not like using the mountain the way we do. You're a fucking get out of the way, asshole. Some oh, dude. Yeah, I was shooting something in Denver. That's when I wiped out. And then so they were doing like a thing where I was sitting in a chair in like just my speedo at the bottom of the mountain, drinking a beer, talking about my buddy who was still skiing. So it was just like a dumb bit, but I really had a bruised rib. And some fucking <laughs> and like, this bully- really worked out good. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is, I'm winning. This is what I'm better at, is dr- sitting and drinking. And I get paid. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm like, wow, I should have, like the joke was, was like, why did I ever even try to snowboard in the first place? If I didn't do that, I'd still be not in pain and I could just be sitting here drinking. There's but a dude- one guy holding the boom is like, he's so method. And you're like, no, he's no, no. I wish. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's actually a terrible actor. He's only yeah. really good at being himself and shouting. Uh, but a dude sprayed me. A dude, I'm sitting there in a Speedo at the bottom of the mountain, and he came flying down the mountain and did like the skid stop and covered me in snow. And I thought, I didn't turn around because I thought it was my buddy doing it for the show. So I kind of like played it cool, like, Adam. And then I turned around and it wasn't my buddy. And I went, Oh shit, man! I thought I knew who you were, and he's like, "Nah, I just saw you sitting there and had to do it." I'm like, "Well, I just see your face sitting there, and I Whoa. gotta punch it." And I just got up, man. and I w- I'm in a speedo and snowboard boots, and I just get up and get immediate. And I think I brought like white trash New York energy to like uh, a dent, like a mountain guy who wasn't ready for it. I was like, "I don't come to your fucking job and hose you down wherever the fuck you work." And he's like, "Well, I'm sorry." He's like, "Man," and I was walking towards him, and like the producers were like, "Stop!" Like trying to stop me, and like the crew were like, "Calm down." They're like, "We never." I'm not an angry guy, but this dude just needed to get Alfred, and I was like, "I'm just," and I said to the producer in front of him, "I'm like, I'm not gonna punch him. I'm just gonna push him to the ground." <laughs> they were like, the guy was like, "Oh, hey man, I'm sorry. You know, I just thought it was kind of fun." <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> And uh, everyone was like, calm down. I was like, yeah, it's been a long day. I broke a, r- I bruised a rib, and then this guy sprayed me. I just was cranky, cranky. <laughs> no, I would have been like, get him, get him. 
Because as soon as as soon as you said I didn't know who he was, and the guy goes, "Sorry, dude, I just had to do it." Like I got hot. Like yeah. I could feel myself. Like that's the hillbilly in me. It was like, no, it's... <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah, whatever no. the whatever the uh, like trash suburbs of Long Island hillbilly that I am, it, I had that same energy of like, well, the only way to fix this is to punch oh, this guy in the no. face. It's like that's so true. he's <laughs> challenged me physically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who cares that I'm 39, injured, at work, <laughs> like I'm ready uh-huh. to fight this guy. <laughs> I'm very disappointed that he made me do this. That's, yeah, it's yeah, his that's like said, a cool Now thing. I sound like my dead dad. <laughs> this is your well, fault it's as like I a, fucking whack him. It's, it is that when you're growing up, you hear that every man needs a code kind of weird thing. And then as you get older, you're like, oh, that does make, there is like a certain line. That's just that every person has. It's not even. Yeah, like, and it's different. It's different it. for everybody. So, some people are yes. way too shallow where they snap like for no reason. And then some people are like your stoic ass friend who the one time they get angry, you're like, oh, OK, everyone's in big trouble. This person never says bad shit. <laughs> or that one. Yeah, I had a friend who would, if you saw him crying, you're like, you need to stay away from him if he's <laughs> yeah. crying because he yeah. has lost. He's, he's not yeah. sad. He's losing a grip, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not sad. We need to give him maybe a day or two. Yeah, we, need, we need to give him a day or two and at least a thousand, a kilometer distance. Like, we got to stay away from yes. him. Yes, <laughs> yeah, let he him go. To, can we send him, to, do your, is your dad's cabin open? We need to get him there. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Bruce Banner. It's like, we need to get him as far away from people as possible before the gamma radiation kicks in. <laughs> yes, He's a sweet boy, but uh oh, uh oh, yeah. Uh, we were when we were uh, discussing what we wanted to talk about on this podcast. You just shot back one line that said athletes that are truly funny, and it hit me like right in the fucking brain pan because I've been obsessed with this lately. That I find there's something about a sports background that a lot of these guys have senses of humor, like a lot of the like. A lot of high-end athletes, you realize, have like a strong sense of humor, and I think it's because of like team things, where it's like if you're just always around the same twelve dudes, or on the WNBA, X amount of women, like if you're always around the same group, you you're develop like you know you're building rapport and stuff. Even if you're not a funny person, but someone else is funny, or you know well, the it's... energy of like, oh, we're busting balls in the locker room. I know how to play along. Like you're you're kind of it's like a weird form of comedy training because you're just around people all the time. It is that. Uh... For sure, and then there's so much downtime. Yes, and and then there's also a lot of failure involved. So it, I uh, as a baseball player, uh, predominantly, I was just you know I played whatever sport was in season growing up because that's what you did. Same, um, <laughs> yeah. Because I um, you didn't want to be home with your parents. That was a nightmare. They like, didn't no, want you there. <laughs> I remember I was on a volleyball team for a month. I was time, captain of my, my high school like, swim team. Truly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I played exactly. football and swam because I just was I, like needed to get out of the house. I didn't want to be home. <laughs> I remember I asked if I could play baseball and play in the soccer games because they didn't have any athletes. And <laughs> both coaches were just like, fuck off. I was like, all right, I'll just wonder. Fair enough. Um, See you later. They need help. And it's just kicking. Like a, I was a real asshole about it. How hard um, can it be? I just get out there and kick a fucking couple of balls. It. Well, go. you know, and it was the guys that didn't play the other sports. So <laughs> right. it was just like, 
come on. Uh, <laughs> the downtime, the downtime, the comp- downtime, and the competitiveness too, because that gives you that like want to try to make bus balls or want to be funny. And the the reason yeah. this the reason this whole thesis even started and that you accidentally like locked into was. A few years ago, I had like a dumb true TV show where I like hosted a Christmas show. Whatever, no one watched it. But I got to go to the upfronts in New York for Turner, and the Impractical Jokers went up and did a bit, and it was kind of funny. And then fucking NBA on TNT, like Shaq, oh. Barkley, and them went up, and they didn't even have anything planned. And it was funnier than like the other five. comedians that uh, performed at this thing and I'm like thank god I don't have to follow the fucking basketball these NBA guys because they were the funniest people in a comedy presentation (laughs) it's like what and why is that because those dudes are truly like Shaq is truly funny he's really fun he's always been funny (laughs) he's like it's like a thing and it is you said you said it it's the failure thing but then also Sometimes athletes are freak adjacent, like Shaq. Well, it's disarming. Yeah, and so Shaq has to be like, if or like, he's not adjacent. He's a giant. Yeah, yeah, he's a legit freak. I and I hate reminding people of this, but it, I think it's just to prepare them. And I always bring it up as like they don't live as long as everybody else. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. It's like German shepherds; their hips go. Somebody was like, "Why is he doing so commercials?" I was like, "Because he's got eighteen kids and giants dire." Yeah, it's hard. So, yeah, uh, one time Dan Saint Germain said to me, we were talking about weight loss, and he said, "How many sixty-year-old uh, three hundred pounders do you know?" And I was like, uh-huh. "Yep, time to lose weight. You're right. I got to drop some pounds. You are hundred percent correct. I did not think of, have not been thinking about that for." reason and now i am and i'm out of here folks i got that's uh (laughs) you can't go from seven foot four lower but you can drop some body you can drop some body fat uh and keep yourself alive a little longer that is that's i do endurance sports now just for that very (laughs) reason smart oh yo i shot a radio shack commercial way back in the day with shack like when i was like 25 so like 15 years ago i think the second jackass movie was coming out that night so shoot this commercial Ooh. with Shaq and he's This is an exciting day. I'm already in it. Yeah, let's I'm go, let's uh, I was super excited. I pull up to the you, I'll drive you guys. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to drive? Well that that was the coolest thing. I saw the Shaq bus. You know, he travels via like his own like trailer bus with the big S the Superman S on it. I was like, oh my God, Shaq's really in here. I go to shoot my scene. They shoot all my coverage with Shaq's stunt double. And this guy walks out, Shaq's double, Shaq's double walks out, and his name is, I think it was Montez or Marquez. It was something like that. This is so long ago. He comes up to me, and he's like, what's up, man? I'm like, oh, I'm John. I'll be shooting the commercial with Shaq. It's nice to meet you. And this is the biggest human being I've ever shook hands with, this dude, Marquez. I'm like, holy shit, man. Well, nice to meet you. Let's get out there. They, we go to the set. Marquez goes up to the desk, and they're like, all right, Marquez, get on the Apple box. And he has to stand on something to be like, Nine, like eight inches. He's already the biggest dude I've interacted with, and he has to stand on something to really match Shaq. So in the next shot, once we shoot all my coverage, Shaq comes out, and I got to play against him. He shakes my hand. His fingers touch on the other side of my hand, like, easily. Like, I feel like a a kid putting my hand on, like, a, you know, with, like, uh, museums. They have, like, put your hand in the lion paw Uh and see how big, like, that's what I felt like. And then every time they called cut, Shaq just went... I can't wait to go see that Jackass movie. Johnny Knoxville's hilarious. And just kept talking about you. And I was like, this is what I talk about. 
holy shit, Shaq, you're a billionaire, <laughs> legendary athlete turned commentator, and we're just sitting here chopping it up about how funny Jackass is? And that's when I got triggered that I'm like, these dudes are have sense of humor, and they are like a group of bros who watch movies on the bus. Like All that stupid athlete shit you did that bonded you as a team is still happening, even if they are 29-year-old millionaires. It's fucking That's, thrilling. They just they just play AC Doocy for way more money. Yes. That's yes. all it is. Yeah. Their CeeLo games have higher stakes than mine. Like we're not playing it's dollars. Just, they're yeah. just yes. Yeah, they didn't win like the big pots. Like, man, I won two hundred dollars the other night in the hotel and everyone was shaking when it had you know, <laughs> yeah. like that kind of like, Oh my god. I had but to match the like, pot on eighty dollars and I had to go to the ATM. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. That I know they thought of eight Eight instances immediately. Yeah, I'm where I was like, I, 16 years old, getting in my car, driving to the ATF to get the $80 because I posted on an ace deuce when I bet the pot. Yes. Like a fucking nub. Like, <laughs> Why me? Like you're ready to cry. Me, all these guys are playing like I, the Jordan doc really points that out too a lot. Like that, like how, first of all, how funny a lot of people are and how like also the comedy is a great like tension cutter obviously and these guys live Well that's in... what I was going to say yeah, you were... about like that's why it's also there's something about being in the game or being in the middle of competition and just dropping some kind of like just like quip yeah or just like some sharp thing to get somebody who's elevated to just calm the fuck down or something like that and be like, hey, man, we're just fucking, we're just playing football. That's all we're doing. Dude, we got calm that, down. That was my rugby is. specialty because uh, when I played in like the early 2000s, super homophobic, people, you know, would like, and I would just lean into it. Now it, it would be considered offensive, but I would be like, yeah. aggressively gay a towards lot. yeah a yeah. lot I would, yes. I would do that to the other team and be like all right well you want to call me that well touch their thigh in the scrum and see how they react get right in their fucking heads because i can't i can never separate that like wanting to make other people laugh or wanting to bust balls from even like the violence of a scrum i'm still like it's still funny that we're like 11 adults with our heads up each other's asses it's hard not to think about it like that. And when someone takes it, and I've never been very good at anything, so it's very easy for me to not take it super seriously. Like, <laughs> it's very easy to just be like, I'm, I've been a B-team hero my entire life, but I've always fucking dug it. <laughs> well, that was like, I was always like, this is fun. So we're going to, I mean, I can be very serious about it, but also like, you know, when you're playing, but like in between stuff, like there's a lot of funny shit going on. Like, like there's just like and being a, i would think being a catcher and baseball lent itself my dad was a football coach but he understood real quick that he's like hi you just seem smarter than football uh and <laughs> i was like you like i like to play it but i was like i remember going to watching a couple of college practices in high school and being like ha, no uh-uh yeah. no, no you're, these you're are the dad... best players all together no uh-uh it's your dad did like sucks the macro version of pushing you out of the way of a bus though, like by not letting you play football as a kid. Like if you got locked into it for like for a long time, like a buddy of mine, uh, one of my co-hosts, he played uh, NCAA division one football and almost went pro and he won't let his kid play football. Like so no. many football players are like, my kid will not play football. And that's like, that's a bad sign <laughs> like for the business, for the sport. It's well, it's, I mean, I probably got hurt 
more playing basketball, but that's just kind of the way I played basketball, not really the sport. <laughs> yeah, it says more about my knees than the sport itself. Yeah. And, you know, and just like how I would go head first into a wall, you know, and maybe we didn't need that possession that bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe this street league basketball didn't need me to throw my body into the chain link fence here. <laughs> oh, Dennis Rodman did that because he was making millions of dollars. Right. I, I'm in seventh grade. <laughs> I was always like, my friends were all jocks, and I never played, like, the sports I didn't like were basketball, baseball, and street hockey, but that was, like, a big sport in in our, in our the second town. When, it was soccer in the first town I lived in, and then when I moved to the richer town, it was roller hockey, lacrosse, like, all, like, gear-based sports, uh-huh. and I was, like, begging my mom. So now I'm, like, want to you want to fit in, you're like, all right, I'll learn street hockey, and now I'm, like... I don't even know how to rollerblade, and I got to learn to rollerblade. Like it's like I'm like learning all these sports just to hang, and then I get there, and I'm like, I'm not f- good. Everyone's mad that I'm here. It's like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why I didn't want to do this? Yes, <laughs> I know. And now I suck at it, and I barely wanted to do it. But that's always been my. I love to try things, and like I'm always down. I there's something about, and I I, I guess I chase it in comedy a little bit too. There's something about walking into something, and you're like. I don't exactly know what this is, and I hope I succeed, and then surviving it, no matter... I guess what I like about trying something for the first time, if I had to psychoanalyze myself, is that the bar is low, and I enjoy setting uh, low standards. Like I enjoy the idea of like, hey, all you got to do, man, is finish the half marathon. I'm like, oh, yeah, don't worry about the time or like what I look like. Fuck, that's perfect for me. The bar is so low, I just can accomplish it. And then you're like, hey, man... The fact that you even ran one is dope, and you're like, thank you, because I can never <laughs> do that again. You're damn right it is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. That's why I did it for this inner, this <sighs> dopamine hit right here. I got, and I probably on some level am still, like, I don't, you're talking about, like, psychoanalyzing, like, why I like to do things I haven't done. Yeah. Two is, like, part of me, A, I saw what fame can do to other human beings very Early in my career, we are like, oh, it's not what you guys think, what people think it is. It's very nasty. It's very <laughs> nasty. Yeah, and it's only gotten worse to be famous in the last I, 10 years. God, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has. Um, yeah, I definitely I used to want to be rich and famous. Now I just want to be rich. <laughs> just give me some money. I will not bother and, anyone. Some, I'll disappear. Give me enough money and I'll walk away from this industry oh, completely. <laughs> my number's so low, you guys. <laughs> yeah, you have and no idea you... what my buyout number is. That's really funny. It's so <laughs> would, lower than you think it's good. You'd be embarrassed oh. for me if I told you the amount. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I would be happy for you. I'd be like, man, that's so, you're so close. Um, I know. <laughs> that is that is like my wife is sometimes fast though. she was like oh you have like a you want to i was like stop doing this forever plan yeah i do <laughs> yeah and in the is, last year i've just locked into like i'm gotta retire by 50 something like i can't do this for another 10 plus years hopefully sooner <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm gonna do some fun i have a couple of fun things planned i'm gonna do and then after that <laughs> maybe hang out for a couple years Let's see what get what right a get little bit of that invest then... invest correctly and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Get myself yeah. that Kawhi be in that... Some stuff I shouldn't be in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
find out it's not for me at all, and they find out that I'm not for them, and then I get the fuck out of here. I move to Montana, oh, he didn't get a lake care house. About that at all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I all guess he kept uh, saying was lake house. Yeah, he Every time he, he hosts a, a mic in Eugene, just went lake house, and he'd start laughing. He hosts a mic in Eugene. No one. He, he doesn't even book it. He just doesn't care. He just likes the idea that like he can post it on Instagram, and his friends don't think he quit comedy yet. <laughs> That's he doesn't show up. I think he did quit comedy. Yo, he doesn't do it. It's just it's just a picture of the open mic every week. <laughs> yeah, you're just produ- you get into producing comedy. This is more. This is better. <laughs> I love booking open mics, you guys. (laughs) It turns out. (laughs) Oh, I've been back east visiting my family and smashing vino. Been drinking a lot of wine. I actually enjoy a nice glass of wine, especially with dinner. I like a red with some beef or uh, a rosé with some fish or red with dessert. Red and chocolate go together pretty well. I don't know much about wine. I just know what I like, but I also love trying new stuff. You know me, I love to check boxes. So that's why I love Vivino. Vivino is the world's biggest online wine marketplace. They're also the largest online wine community with 50 million users who have rated and reviewed just about every wine. Vivino carries a lot of my favorites uh, and they suggest exciting. I just bought 12 rosés at the start of the summer on Vivino, and I've got three left. I bring them to parties. I drink them in the afternoon. They work really good. The shopping is super easy on the website. It's just click, click, more like this, more like that. Vivino's got it figured out. It can make you feel like a little bit of a wine expert going through Vivino. So do what I've done, and really, I've really stepped up my wine game thanks to Vivino. Give them a try, and I know you're going to love it. Go to vivino.com slash mighty and use code mighty at checkout to save 20% on your first order of up to $200. That's vivino.com slash mighty, code mighty, to save 20% on your vivino.com slash mighty, code mighty, to save 20% on your first order of up to $200. Vivino.com slash mighty, code mighty. See site for details. Terms apply. Gains, brawl, everyone knows I'm all about uh, the right nutrition supplements to meet your fitness goals. Um, Now with Gainful, there's a way to get a personalized approach. They personalize nutrition system that's formulated for your body and your goals. For example, uh, like I got some hydration stuff from them, which I'm loving the electrolyte mix. I got it without caffeine because I already consume caffeine in the morning. I don't need an extra dose, but you can get your pre-workout set up for however you want. I got my post-workout protein shake, comes with two different flavor packets. So you don't have to just like take peanut butter protein for a year. You can switch on and off and uh, or and you don't have to have three tubs in your uh, cabinet if you live like me in an apartment and a protein tub takes up pretty much your entire house. <laughs> Get started by taking the five-minute Gainful quiz. Gainful considers your dietary needs, goals, and unique physiology to personalize your formula. They deliver your supplements. No shipping every month. You cancel or adapt as needed. They're all formulated by on-staff registered dietitians, and every Gainful customer gets complimentary one-on-one access to their registered dietitian available anytime to answer your questions. 
Their rigorous control process ensures that your supplements only have clean ingredients you can pronounce with zero artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. So do yourself a favor and get started on your fitness journey today with Gainful. To get $20 off your personalized supplements, go to Gainful.com slash Mighty. That's Gainful.com slash Mighty. G-A-I-N-F-U-L dot com slash Mighty for $20 off. Gainful. Personalized nutrition made for your tastes. Who are some other truly funny athletes? Like, also, I find that like. Well, you mentioned Barkley. You mentioned Shaq. Uh, Shaq for sure. I think. Can I say one that I think is terribly overrated? Uh, Peyton. Peyton Manning. <laughs> Peyton Manning. Yeah. <laughs> he gets a lot of credit. He gets a lot of credit for being like the comedy guy, but I do think he was just like one of the first faces of quarterbacks that did SNL, and that gave him like an undue like credit comedy credit that he doesn't really is not fully deserving of. And here's the thing. Someone also figured out like, uh, like a Mark Wahlberg that they can do a serious read and then you can work around that to make it funny. They can do, give you a dry read. That's all they're good at. Right, he can he can say the words you need him and to say. When to kind of, and I think he, I think you learn a little bit of comedy just from being. He's like just in the fucking locker room, you know. So he's a, he's a, he's a he's got leadership capabilities. So he's got some natural charisma, and then the thing that made him pop on SNL was like show him being a dick, show Mister like Indianapolis, like show Mister Hero quarterback just being a little bit of an asshole, and it lands, which he because he probably really is that's exactly what i was gonna say and it's really funny because it's like he rehab but isn't he like the stories from him from college are all like sketchy like he's pulling his hog out in like therapy in uh, physical and pt and stuff like that <laughs> i just think i mean i grew up 40 minutes from knoxville tennessee and i was not a i'm one of i think two or three people in the state of tennessee that's not a pay that was never a peyton manning fan uh <laughs> I, I thought, I just, I thought he was, he's very sharp. Um, I like his brothers. I I like, yeah, I'm a Giants fan. So I got to like Eli took us to the, and then I met Archie a couple of times and he's lovely. He is cool. (laughs) Um, it was, it was nice. Oh, that's awesome. And, but like Peyton to me, I was like, ah, he cares about Peyton. It's very clear. He didn't care about the unit. He cares about Peyton being a big deal at the university of Tennessee. Like he's not like it was always clear to me who that dude was. Uh, he was, and it. But okay, you know what? I recognize real quick. He's like a. Uh, he was like a modern country music singer. The way he'd be like, "Oh shit, child, I'm just a yuns," you know? Like, yeah, just, yeah. And you're like, "Fuck you!" No, you're not. You grew yeah, up. Yeah, you're in like a, a dynastic family. <laughs> you're a dynastic football family. You're not like yeah. in awe shucks guy. <laughs> like, yeah, you you're going to fucking to Europe and getting stem cells injected in your forehead. You're not an aw shucks guy. <laughs> yeah, it's just like even in high school, I was like, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, not this guy, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> no. And then you... T. Martin won a national championship the next year, and I was like, see, <laughs> it's not him. Yeah, you. That's a comedy thing. You have a nose for bullshit early on, and you're like, this guy's fucking phony as fuck, and it just doesn't land. Jo- yeah, Jordan. 
rewatching uh watching that the documentary uh that dropped from ESPN uh during the quarantine he everyone talks about him as that he's like a dick but also people mention that like he was he's so cutting and it was he's just that level of alpha that he's like of like he's so talented that he also has to dominate psychologically and comedically off the field off the court and i fucking love that about him i love <laughs> And if it was probably later in my comedy career when I fully admit, like, I love a good dick, a dickhead who's funny. Yeah. Like, like there's something like, like, I, like, but it's also, it's like a, a it's like a musician where sometimes, like, I have friends that are musicians and I like to watch them work. And then I have other friends that I don't want to see what they do at all. <laughs> being around them is a nightmare because of you know but then that's how i feel about dickheads that are funny we're like man that guy's funny i do not want to be around him at all but <laughs> right right i don't wow, want to be i don't want to be caught in that fucking like uh gravitational pull but it is fun when he comes through and mj's a great example too because he's t like he absolutely backs it up you know what i mean where like no yes. one can even say like he's like but i am the best and the hardest working. He's got like both of those categories. So he's a almost allowed to be an asshole. It's like, I dare you to say something to this guy. He's doing all the fuck. He's putting it all on his show. I mean, great team all around, obviously. But this dude is wildly capable. So I think he's allowed to bust your balls and make you gamble against him every once in a while. And make you better. It's like the people that he picked where it was yeah. like, I think you saw people like, they're like, he really went after that guy. And then you see like. You see that guy be like, he really did, but I really liked it, and it made me he a pushed better person. Me, yeah. yeah, it was just like that thing where like I was also honored that uh, he he was unrelenting and made my life hell. I'm a male athlete in the '90s, so that means I grew up trying to impress older men, yes. and I looked for I looked for validation from my dad, from my coach, from my teachers, from my recruiters. So having it from Michael Jordan is is worth it. I don't care that he slapped me in the face in front of everybody on the team. I'm well, just they, happy. I'm just if happy. We're being, if we're being honest too, like there's like the way human beings are motivated are different, and my yeah. coaches kind of figured out like early on. That if they could challenge me in some way or just come at me kind of aggressively, I'd be like, you know what? Fuck you. And then I would. And See, my, my coach, my, my coach has never figured that out because that's my dad's mentality. So that I reject. But if you give me uh, a modicum of support, if you're like, honestly, Gabris, you have the I, I think if you take this ball and you go to the right, you got you. you this is uh, possibly a good play. And I'll be like, you're damn right. It is. Thank you for supporting me and my choices for the first time. Anyone Papa. And I just Before run away. Before I understood that those were two, I was always like, why are you being so fucking nice to that guy? And so mean to me, that kind of thing. And then you're like, one and, day and you're, you're like, like, in the gym oh, working out. do hard unless somebody's mean to me. You're like training in the gym. You're like, why do they treat him so nice and treat me so evil? And the co coach is just nodding. Exactly, Mr. Davis. Exactly. You're like, where'd these abs come from? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've been angrily working out because he was nice to the other guy who plays catcher. <laughs> just, yeah. Just those. And then one day you figure it out. And you're like, oh, man, that sucks that that works. <laughs> Not that they're doing it, that it works. That's that uh, was the part where like, damn, that sucks. That works. Uh, speaking of funny dicks, uh, not a lot of people talk about him as being funny, but just an athlete I grew up worshiping, uh, Lawrence Taylor, uh, legendary New York Giants linebacker and 
uh, drug addict, but they did. I remember as a kid, my dad, one of my dad's favorite things, and we watched it all the time was they mic'd him up <laughs> for a game, and he would say the most insane shit at the fucking scrimmage line. He would be like, I'm coming to kill you. I'm coming to kill you. Yeah, and, and he was. And he really was. And then he gets a sack on like one of the early plays, and you hear him growl in the quarterback's face, all day, N-word, all day. And you're like, hell, yeah, oh. kill this motherfucker. <laughs> God. <laughs> and can you imagine that dude just being like, I mean, come on. <laughs> Please knock it off. <laughs> We're making money. Stop it. Wait, why do you must you hurt me? You're a millionaire already. <laughs> yeah, just what do you need? <laughs> well, he used to. He's also like he went to the University of North Carolina. I didn't yeah. realize that, which is funny because that's going to put a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, playing college football at, as football. a Tar Heel. Yeah, Where playing college no basketball one... there is legendary. Playing football there, it's like, good luck, kid. <laughs> I don't know where you plan on going. Yeah, people just forget that there's a football team. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we do in the fall. That's fun. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm one of the greatest football players of all time. <laughs> like, we have a football team. Yeah, and he's, he's fucking legend. It's awesome. Well, he would, like, eat glass at bars. Like there's my wife's from uh, Chapel Hill, Durham, and like so I know all. She's a UNC fan, so I know all about this nonsense. I don't care about. Um, <laughs> this is exciting though. I like this shit. But it th- that was the part where I per- she goes on about basketball and all that. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. And then she's like, Lawrence Taylor played here. And I was like, Go on, tell me and more. Like, yeah, there's a crazy <laughs> story. Like he used to eat glass. Like he was like a partier. He was like do anything for attention. I was like, No. He was on cocaine then. They yeah. were like, oh, I never thought about that. And I was like, yeah. Oh, and it got worse. <laughs> like, yeah, I was going to say, and then he could afford it later. Then, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to grow the way you want to grow if you're a coke addict, a successful uh, uh, NCAA football player, and then you get a $10 million signing vote. This is not going to go the right way. <laughs> it's, but those dudes are like, those some of those very successful uh, college athletes, especially on the defensive side, are intense to party with. The Do you remember the Reynolds brothers? Uh, no. One of them played. I went to after I quit playing junior college baseball. I went to party <laughs> at Western Kentucky University. That's the only reason I went up there, and it was cheaper than going in state for whatever reason. Um, but because it it's big... cheaper because it's in Kentucky. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Yes. Hundred uh, percent. Oh. So, but they had this. They had these brothers that were from Bowling Green, the Reynolds brothers. One of them went to Ohio State and was like All American the year they won a national championship. And Western had one of them, their brother. Uh, he was a linebacker the year they won like the one double A. It was the same year of these brothers. But they would come back, and I went and partied with them a couple of times with some friends, and it was, it was just like that where you're like, I want to ring a bell to like leave, like this yeah. is. <laughs> you're like, I want to get out of here, and, and I kind of want to. People are jumping out of it, and they're just. Yeah, you're like, yeah. I want to get out of here, like, and I want to bring some people with me for stop. safety. Yeah, <laughs> it's too real. Yes. <laughs> like you need to go. Yeah, come with me. We're not safe here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, in college, uh, my rugby. My friend team, Ned, who's the skinny fun dude, was just like, "Come, 
you need to go. And he's like hammered. He's like, we're having fun. I was like, you're going to die. We need. You don't want to be here when this escalates. Yeah. We, yeah they can. I, you get broken. They don't break. We got to go. Uh, I In college, our rugby team would like recruit guys who quit the football team. Because like, it was like we were a D1 school, but like D1 AA. So the football players were never like on full rides or or it wasn't that. So a lot of them would be like, oh, we're tired of getting drug tested. We're going to quit football. And we're like, <laughs> rugby is a club sport. We don't drug test. Juice heads, welcome. And we would just get like these like five X NCAA football players who are absolute juice heads. We're like, look. We, we don't have time to explain the rules. Just float around here and tackle whoever has the ball. And these guys are just like coked and juiced out of their minds, like so happy to be playing drug-fueled sports that it was like watching these guys go like animalistic, killing people. It's like, get him! He's like, ah! You're like, oh, this guy's just pure athleticism is enough for college rugby because no one's that skilled yet. <laughs> Everyone's on like year one through four of playing it. And then a fucking actual guy who runs a four four forty and benches three plus for reps at ninety. Yeah, just brecking dudes. <laughs> I that's what I watched in college was like I didn't realize the level like was like not. I mean even the guys that were like, but I didn't realize it was like a club thing. And then I went to the Middle East as a comedian and went. We played at the Bahrain Rugby Club, and it was a lot of. I didn't play that we did a show at the club and still it was that's cool really, as hell it was really cool and it's a lot of <laughs> i did this dumb thing because it's a lot of it's it was all british expats is what who it is <laughs> right and i did this i did this joke about uh something about leaning liberal in england or something like that and then it just died and i was like i just stopped and i was like you know what this is that's my fault because I don't know why I thought a bunch of oil expat dudes would be like, we lean liberal here in Bahrain. And they were just like, they went, yeah! But they were so great about it. Like, they were like, you're honest. And I was like, yeah, that was my fault. I'm real dumb. Um, and then we just started talking about other stuff. But watching them play actual rugby was like, because they grew up playing it. And the way they were, I was like, oh, this is way more violent than I than they do in America. Like it was like Well and I, I just joined, get up and start laughing. I was like, good God. Yeah. I joined men's league drinking. in New York City and it was all immigrants, obviously. Uh like the team is fifty percent immigrants, fifty percent we're not allowed to do the you can't have more than fifty percent. So you can't just like fly over a bunch of Brazilian guys and smoke everybody. But because New York is <laughs> so yeah, so New York is so international. We have Aussies, Brits, uh, people from uh, like South America, Kiwis, like e all over. And all these people have been playing rugby their whole lives. And the Americans all play it like fullbacks and middle linebackers, where it's like, get the ball, run into contact. Someone has the ball, you run up to them and tackle them. But like these people who played as kids, they all have sort of like street ball kind of skills where they can kind of be, and they just look like they're casual and having fun, but then the Americans all look like, let's kill some motherfuckers, and it's like the, the imbalance is completely off. And then you play against like a 115-pound French kid who's just like so fluid and just works around you as like a fucking absolute jock stud, and you're like, there's more to this game than just being <laughs> tough, and I don't know that because I've only played in America. <laughs> like 
where I've always been, I'm never a top tier athlete except on my college rugby team where no one knows what's going on. I'm just a beat. I'm just grew before everyone else. <laughs> he doesn't get hurt as much, so he's the best. Right, exactly. He get, he hurts other people more than him, so he's the team captain, I guess. So we're he's an all American this year. <laughs> yeah, that's all we can do for him. That's like, I mean, you're just describing junior college baseball as like, he didn't break himself doing steroids, so he's an All-American and got drafted this year. Yeah, like, he wow. didn't break himself doing steroids. He didn't get caught in like a controversial putting something in a girl's drink at college, so he gets to, the baseball team at my college was the sketchiest dudes on campus. I... I mean, there were sketchier dudes, but the, sketchier, the sketchiest athletes were the ba- baseball. Girls would be like, I'm not going to a baseball party. Like, no, I can't. I mean, not at where we went, um, but I could see that. I could, yeah, it was I a guess. private college, so it was like a little. There's like a little bit more of like upper middle class, and it was a Catholic college, so there's like that energy too. And it's like just white well, dudes playing baseball. Baseball players were always more. Uh, that's so fascinating. Since we're talking about funny athletes, okay. So between the baseball team and the football team, that's kind of what I played the most in high school. There were only two or three or four dudes I could have long conversations with on the football team. Uh, but on base on the baseball team, I could talk about most things with most everybody on some level. Like you could have a longer conversation with people. Right. That is so fascinating. And... <laughs> It makes sense. Just it does. Make, it's like stereotypes, but like of, of, yes. of jocks. It's like jock stereotypes, but it makes sense that like because the baseball is like a, a chatty sport. You're on the like uh, football is a little bit, but uh, he's even like he's even like baseball's even more like we're at, only three people well, batted this. Only three people went up this inning. So like a dozen of us are just sitting here for. 15, 20 minutes, like... <laughs> it is, yeah, they're just pitching and catching right now, and this dude can't hit, so we're just... Well, <laughs> right. it's... Well, I would say, too, like, like my, I think my lot was, like, I enjoyed, though, going to parties with football players, because they were funner at parties. They were usually better at, with women, uh, because they were, they're not, like, baseball players, I would give them, they're more conniving. Yeah, baseball players something. were. <laughs> they're they're doing uh, like the pitcher signals to like. <laughs> it's just so much. There's a lot more games involved, which I would never <laughs> like. That's how I related football players more. I'm like, I just he's like, I thought a girl's pretty. I was like, hey, you want to leave? Literally, I <laughs> Hi, I, like, hey, I think they're pretty. Let's hang out. Yeah, that's yeah. And I was like, that's. I think that lineman's got the fucking thing that worked. Uh, in college, the football dudes uh, were like such a vibe when they were able to go out it was like it was like risky to be a guy another big guy that the football players knew from the gym because i would always end up like wrestling with the bouncers or something you know what i mean like i was in so uh so many situations where the football team is like open the bathroom door and there's five linemen in there ripping rails of coke and you're like okay no. and they're like hey, bro, like grab you and like shit you're like no 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 you're just you're playing but you're actually gonna hurt me because you are truly don't know your own strength because you're they're cycled tigers. out they're of your fucking dome they think yeah. they're cubs yes yeah. they're like no he just play like i'm a cat you're, like, you're a tiger now you can't do that that is, <laughs> oh man, that reminded me one time. This I was leaving. I had hooked up with this girl like a couple of weeks. Uh, uh, 
you know, it just happened, whatever. And then I didn't realize he, she was like, had just broken up with this defensive tackle on the football team (laughs) that I kind of knew, but it wasn't like we were dating or anything. And like, it was just like, and we were still friends. You know, it was like one of those rare one night stands where like, no, she's still my friend. It was just like a fun thing where as you get older, you're like, that's weird. Um, that's usually not how that works. Oh, uh, you're like, well, we can never see each other again. Seeing each other naked. We can't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, I'm friends. I'm still friends with her. I know her Bush pattern and where, and she knows uh, that I'm not joking when I say I have a small dick and we're still friends. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, we know a lot. Of, yeah. We both have good sense of humor. Thank God. It doesn't change our a, dynamic. It was we a know. real mess. What we tried to do the other night. That was, we, our parts don't go together. Good. Um, yeah. Hindsight being 2020, that was bad for both of us. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, okay, see you around. Cool. Yep. You still, do you have the calm homework? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right. You want to go to Zaxby's? I love their chicken. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like, yeah. And then I'm leaving this bar with another girl that it's like, it's like clear. Like me and this girl are like, you know what I mean? Like we're both like, we're not like hammered, but we're like, hey, we are in the prime of what we want to do. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I feel this giant paw on the back of my, uh, and and I was like, but I knew so many people, you know what I mean? Like I was like a fun, especially when I was drinking, I was really fun. So I was like turned around like, Hey, and it was him. And I, just to me, I was like, Oh no, that's the <laughs> only person I didn't want that to be. <laughs> Please don't squish my head. <laughs> and he, you know, he's, he's got the brow and I was like, I know what. Okay. And, uh, I was like, I just pulled him close to me. Because he and he was like, "Hey," and I was like, "I know, I'm sorry. I didn't know y'all were together. We are. It was like a one night thing. I'm leaving with this girl right here." And she like leans in. She's like, "We're going to fuck right now, so you need to leave." Like, like kind of trying to help, but not. You know what I mean? No, that does not help the situation. Please, please like, stay no, out of this. Please not, stay out of this. That is cool to know we are going to fuck, though. But also... Um, <laughs> That's good news. Move that on. That is good. I wasn't 100% sure we were. I knew we were leaving. But So then I just whispered in his I was like, you can tell everyone you beat the shit out of me. I do not care. And <laughs> that confused him so much. He was like, well, why would you want people? And I'm like, listen, it's very clear you could. It's not like a... like, And it just... And then... He kind of like calmed down when I said that. And he kind of like, and then I turned around and like a bunch of my friends were standing behind me, which I didn't know. They oh, were. yeah. You got a little backup there. Thank God. <laughs> so, and I was like, oh, I wish I'd known you guys. I turned around. I was like, hey, guys, I wish I'd known you were there. I would have talked way more shit than I just did. But uh, see, that's that's the co- the power of comedy. And to du- to tie it into athletes, it works on athletes because they understand comedy they appreciate like i've always survived because i can make someone laugh i've i've told this story on the pod before but i think it's like exactly so similar to yours i was walking across the street by ucb to gelson's with two people from a team i was coaching a guy blew through like the end of a light but another guy was running uh, across at the crosswalk and had the little blue man so that guy slams on the brakes and is like, fuck you. And I'm standing right there in the corner and I just jokingly go, um, he was actually right. Like, like through his car window. And he's like, he was actually in the right. Like, ha ha ha. And then we continue walking to Gelson's. That guy sees us going to Gelson's, rips his fucking pickup truck into the parking lot, gets out, cranks in the park, opens the door. And I'm with two like 
my my most nerdy comedy writer friends that I'm coaching their group, and this guy gets out. I did not imagine that you were with two athletes. I did not yeah. picture this. <laughs> no. These guy, this guy gets out of the car. He's like, "Hey, you fat fuck! What did you just say to me?" And I was like, "Oh my god, am I going to get in a fight?" And then instinctively just go, "Okay, two things. First of all, yes, I'm a fat fuck. Two, you did run a red light and almost hit a guy running, so I was just commenting on that." And he just like. Like smirked when I said, "You're right, I am a fat fuck," and he like put his head down, and then he literally goes, "Yeah, I'm sorry, man. You know, I, I'm pretty fat too," and just gets in his truck and drives away. <laughs> like I think he cooled off enough to be like, "What am I doing? Am I about to fight a guy in a parking lot over? He wasn't even the guy I almost hit or anything." It's like no next to the Oaks. Am I gonna yeah, have to right. fight a dude next to the Oaks? Am I going to have to hope that some of my a little more aggressive uh, UCB friends roll up very soon before I get stomped out in the Gelson's parking lot? <laughs> I would think if I was in that Gelson's specifically, too, and we'll get real L.A. right here. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Deal. But if I saw that happening, I would be like, am I on set? Am I in the shot? What is? Because that, that would be like seeing any kind of weird altercation at that Gelson's. You would just be like, this is not where this belongs. Like, this yeah, is... no. <laughs> is that Kumail Nanjiani in a fight? Like, it's... Yeah, is this... Is this... I can't see the camera. This is good, whoever's doing <laughs> This is awesome. Yeah, what a real solid prank. A UCB-based wow. fight. <laughs> it looked like they punch it. They were, it looks like they're really fighting. Just... <laughs> uh, Billy, man, this was... Uh, we haven't had a chance to chop it up like this. This was such a fucking a real treat, man. I appreciate it big we time. We should hang out on. proper. Yeah, we should hang out proper, specifically maybe somewhere in the Northern California region, yes. but also down to hang out mentally in the Northern California region in L.A. sometime. Yes, I have. <laughs> I can get us there from stuff I have from Northern California. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yes. Why don't you tell, tell uh, the shitheads, my listeners, a little bit about uh, your podcast or where they can find you online and all that stuff. It, the easiest way is just Google Billy Ray Davis, and then all that horse shit comes up. Um, Hell yeah. We'll link to your podcast uh, like in the show notes so people can just open up the app that they're in, click on the show oh, notes, yeah, that's great. jump yeah. to Billy's podcast, and then hit subscribe. It's really simple. I forget that we all know how to do producer engineering stuff now. Got you. Well, to, to be Shout out Emma, my engineer, who will do that because she heard me say it now. Right, Emma? Thank you. Shout out <laughs> Emma. Because I'll fuck it up. So, Emma, please. Oh, that's when they're like, hey, you didn't link the thing. I'm like, I'm sure I did not. I'm <laughs> no, sure. you're right. <laughs> you're probably right. No, I failed. I'm yes. well yeah. aware. Was it uh, funny? Was the episode funny? Yeah? Okay, then I'm doing good, all that's Because right. that's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> I don't do anything. That was my job. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do anything else. <laughs> so check out Billy's podcast. Go to Billy Wayne. Search Billy Wayne Davis. Look for his tour dates. Go to Anchorage, Alaska. Although this episode's probably coming out later in the summer. So yeah, I was going to say, like, just that's why I always say Google it. And then if you like cannabis, which you probably do, I will promote my cannabis podcast. It's called Please. Grown Grown Local. Uh, we... We go to little, we go to the communities and interview all the people that supply your high as the tagline. But we just interview growers and people. And for season one, it's Eugene, Oregon. Season two is Humboldt County. Season three is Colorado. Oh, this the is fucking awesome! So That's it is. Cool. We've been invited into like a lot of really cool people's uh, homes and farms in Humboldt, where they really s marijuana started in America, and yeah. then. And then the Denver one's got a totally different vibe 
where it's we found all the people that were at the forefront of legalization and we're interviewing all of them about oh, cool. how they did it so that all these other states can hear how it's so it was so simple what they did and a lot of them were like we can't believe how fast it happened dude i was just in colorado with the aforementioned rib injury cannabis is so much cheaper there than in uh, los angeles or in california in general and it was like i like i'm like i live in a legal state and now i'm buying i'm flying home with a quad because i can get it for fucking 50 dollars here like a a quarter ounce of like top shelf kush yeah because like think about what we were paying in college 20 years ago give or take uh an an eighth of really really great stuff was sixty dollars. That's what delivery was in, or eighty dollars delivery in Brooklyn in like the two thousands when I lived there. That's yeah. what. And now in California, where it's you legal, go, where it's legal, <laughs> it's sixty dollars an eighth. And I was yeah. like, this is bullshit. Yeah, and then God forbid, like you're a person like me who's like, oh, I like pre rolls. Ooh, maybe some edibles too. And then you're just like, oh yeah, I got. I got six things. It's $195 and I'll take, I'll finish it this weekend. <laughs> you're like, yes. hey, no, I can't, I can't live like that. Would be like drinking f- a, two bottles of Cristal a weekend. You can't live like that. And it's not even oh, that on much. podcasting money. Yeah. No, and it's not that much. It's like, yeah, it's like 250 milligrams. Uh, like I, I tweeted you're it as a You're not going crazy. You're just no. spending a lot of money. Like, I got. A- super high at my desk the other day and my edible drawer is right here and I was just like my wife's out of town and I'm like I got nothing going on the rest of the night I don't want to get up and get a snack so I started snacking on edibles I was blasted passed out slept great woke up the next morning look started looking at the wrappers and doing a little bit of math and I'm mm-hmm. like I feel like I think I you know ju- judge the number up for the tweet but I truly think I accidentally ate like 90 to 100 dollars worth of edibles and like just in like a 15 minute session like oh just keep popping gummies and you're like well, that was super expensive. That's, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And that's especially like, now what, that I need like 75 to 100 milligrams of edibles to get high, to get like to get like sleepy time high. That's so I bought, expensive. I, I usually get my stuff from the grower. Or I try to now um, when I can, you know, but I run out. And then I'm also curious about what's going on in Southern California. But I went and got an ounce the other day. And then I got like one of those designer eights on top of it. Cause I was like, I like to hit a bong. So I'm going to get that's, and then I'll try stuff on a little pipe or something or whatever. Uh, but I like knocking my brain off. And <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the lady was like, Oh, you hit your limit. And I was like, well, I'm sorry. I said, I was like, I don't know what that means. And she was like, you can only buy an ounce. Cause I, I got my medical card lapse for like, a week so the next day i just went and fixed it but i was like what do you mean i was like so she was like you can't get that eight you can only buy an ounce a day i was like can i come back in 10 hours and get another ounce she was like oh absolutely i was like cool i was <laughs> okay. like okay i just want these to laws see are how. weird yeah <laughs> i was like i just wanted to see how i was like i'm not i was like i know you didn't do it and she and she just laughed she was like no she was like i get it she's like I, I, was, I was like that's just fascinating to me she was like if you have your medical you can get so much more and i was like okay so sure (laughs) oh man you're making me i'm trying to take today and tomorrow off because i haven't taken a day off in 400 days or so so i'm like 
but now all this talk has got me like, <laughs> I feel my palate being like, just a little hit after this podcast. You'll be all right. It's like, nah, one do full it. day off. I could do, do it. Do one full. You do 24 hours. Actually, if you do 36, I find that's like the best. Yeah, I'm going to try to do Blaze again Wednesday night. So Sunday, taking off Monday, t- fully Monday and Tuesday and most of Wednesday day and then come back to it. We'll see how it goes, though. I'm feeling you know good. What? I'll give you this tip. If you're traveling and sometimes you can't get flour and stuff, the Pax pen, that, yeah, uh, the era, you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about, a little pod. Yeah. It doesn't. What what I figured out is that it doesn't make you real stoned or me, anyone with a high tolerance, but it takes the edge off like someone that drinks like a beer at lunch. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Like that's what it does for me. And I was like, oh, this is this is great. So when I can, and I'm not in trouble. It looks like a fucking. Hard right. drive. That's what this I do is- in hotels is like some fucking dumb little vape thing that I can hit if I can't fall back asleep or pull on while I try to find something on Netflix or Pornhub to watch. You know, just Yes, keep- <laughs> just take that little like yeah, yeah. where you're not like I I can't I'm gonna need a late checkout. Yeah, you're just like, No, I'm a person. I'm just not mean right now for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, yeah. I'm myself the better version of myself yes, right now. Yes, so just yes. deal. <laughs> Um, thank you so much, thank Billy, you, for man. coming this on. This was so much fun. This was so this much is a blast. I'm at Gabrus on all social media. I've got a ton of other podcasts. Listeners, you know where to look. Um, bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. You're calm. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. It's actually, it's got a lot of heart. Immensely irregular. <laughs> now... Somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to, like, see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Oh, there's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. In town. You wake up after a few years and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're gonna be making Terminators. <laughs> We're gonna make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. <laughs> what? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room. Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now. <laughs> <laughs>